0: When it comes to delivering customer support, there are some things you don't want teams to hear. Intercom's streamlined support platform clears up space for more organized workflows and peace of mind. Our business messenger uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Who doesn't like the sound of that? Intercom. Less of this. And more of this. To learn more, go to intercom.com support.
1: Where's my order? Does anyone know how to find my order? How can I find yeah. my order? <laughs> Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom, the customer support platform that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com slash support to learn more. Guys, do you want to lose weight fast? Have more energy and improve your health. Now you can with Nutrisystem for Men. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches and dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered right to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow and you'll see results in your first week. Go to Nutrisystem.com meal now and get 50% off everything. And with their new premium meals, guys get bigger, bolder meals with up to 30 grams of protein and 25% more calories to keep you feeling full and satisfied as you drop the pounds. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash meal right now and get 50% off. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash meal right now and get 50% off everything. Forget about takeout and fast food. Nutrisystem for men is real food and real simple. It's all planned out and delivered right to your front door. Don't wait. This special offer will not last forever. Just go to Nutrisystem.com meal right now and get 50% off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash meal.
2: Me. This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Maya Culpa Week in Review. As the election draws near, the big story this week is not the president's ridiculous return to the campaign trail just 10 days after testing positive for COVID-19. Nor is it the recent New York Times revelations about how Trump has grossly profited from the presidency over the past four years. Even the Supreme Court confirmation hearings for Judge Amy Coney Barrett, jammed through an infected Senate chamber, have been largely muted and seems largely inevitable. There's only one game in town, and that's Donald J. Trump.
0: But it's great to be back in my home state, Florida, to make my official return to the campaign trail. I'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women, and um, everybody, I'll just give you a big, fat kiss.
2: It's what the polls are showing. Donald Trump is losing, and he's losing badly. Let's listen now to the tape.
1: Three weeks and two days to Election Day. Joe Biden in the driver's seat, a double-digit lead in national polling averages, a lopsided advantage, you see it right here in our CNN electoral outlets. Biden polling better than any challenger since 1936. Still, I can't remember seeing margins this big in these key swing states.
2: And as Vice President Biden peaks above 50% for the first time, we're looking at perhaps a historic landslide, the likes unseen in modern politics. The Trump campaign continues to remind us how the pundits got it wrong four years ago and the president is in fact winning. But the record turnout in early voting and the flood of mail-in ballots already cast across the nation is a sign of a citizenry who, at long last, is ready to hand Donald Trump a resounding and humiliating defeat.
3: Campaign 2020 right now and this morning, Georgia set a record
0: on day one of early voting with more than 120,000 ballots cast.
2: Yeah, it really is amazing. As you can see, eager voters waited for hours. Georgia, North Carolina, and even Texas are now in play. Record amounts of cash are being raised for Biden and other down-ballot races. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has all but abandoned the president, and Ted Cruz has warned of a Watergate-level bloodbath for Republicans.
1: I think it could be a terrible election. I think we could lose the White House and both houses of Congress, that it could be a bloodbath of Watergate proportion.
2: We're seeing now the flailing of a scared and desperate Donald Trump. Forget about his absurd claims of immunity to COVID-19 and his manic promises to kiss all the beautiful women at his campaign rally. The end is coming for Donald Trump, but instead of a reset, the Trump campaign is doubling down on the very thing that has brought it to the brink of destruction. More Donald Trump. He's doing two or three massive rallies a day to shore up his support in Florida and other crucial battleground states. This comes at a time when COVID numbers are once again surging past 50,000 daily. Infections and hospitalizations continue to rise to their highest levels seen in two months. Scientific experts are growing increasingly alarmed that we will face a bleak winter of death and despair, much, much worse than previously experienced. But Typhoid Danny will march himself and his death cult all the way to the grave if he has to. The man simply has no shame. He's even become blaming Gold Star families for infecting him with the virus. Well, Trump now appears to be blaming Gold Star families who attended a White House event for infecting him with the coronavirus.
0: I met with Gold Star families. I didn't want to cancel that. They tell me these stories. And I can't say back up, stand 10 feet. You know, I just can't do it. They come within an inch of my face sometimes. They want to hug me and they want to kiss me. And they do. And frankly, I'm not telling
2: them to back up. I'm not doing it. Still, the crowds pack in to see the man spew his lies and venomous attacks against Vice President Biden while continuing to downplay the virus. His opening line in Florida seemed ripped straight from a Superman comic. I'm half expecting him to appear with the cape at his next rally and claim that he can fly.
0: One thing with me, the nice part. I went through it, now they say I'm immune, I can feel, I feel so powerful, I'll walk into that
2: order. Then there's Trump's ego-bruised fight with Anthony Fauci, who continues to angrily push back against his inclusion in a Trump campaign video celebrating the president's success in combating COVID-19. Fauci should win a Nobel Prize for his patience and fortitude and willingness to swim in the Trump Swamp in order that there is some semblance of honesty and scientific rigor in our federal response to the virus. Without Fauci pulling Trump back from the brink, who knows where we would be? But Trump, who continues to downplay the virus, cannot stand anymore being praised if it means having to share the spotlight. In Fauci, he sees a competent and beloved American hero who, despite Trump's best efforts to stop his work, has persevered against all manner of attacks. Trump's instinct is to use Fauci to make himself look good. Only Fauci is having none of it.
0: President Trump is recovering from the coronavirus, and so is America. Together, we rose to meet the challenge. Protecting our seniors, getting them life-saving drugs in record time, sparing no expense. President Trump tackled the virus head-on, as leaders should. I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more.
2: Should the Trump campaign
1: take this ad down? You know, I think so, Jake. I think it's
0: really unfortunate and really disappointing that they did that. It's so clear that I'm not a political person. And I have never either directly or indirectly endorsed a political candidate. And to take a completely out of context statement and put it in, which is obviously a political campaign ad, I I thought was really very disappointing.
2: Bill Barr, his capo AG, can no longer appease the boss who is demanding indictments for President Obama, Vice President Biden, and would deliver the corpse of Jimmy Hoffa if he could dig up the old man's body and find a way to tie it to the VP. The October surprise from Barr, promising an alternate history to Trump's Russia hoax, is delayed and likely dead on arrival. Unless Bill Barr
0: indicts these people for crimes, the the greatest political crime in the history of our country,
2: then uh, we're going to get little satisfaction. He's even enlisted his lapdog, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, to release more of Hillary Clinton's emails. If there was ever a true sign of desperation and panic, It's happening right now with Barr and Pompeo. Uh,
1: We've got the emails. We're getting them out. We're going to get all this information out so the American people can see it. Uh, You'll remember, uh, there was classified information on a private server. It should have never been there. Uh, Hillary Clinton should never have done that. It was
2: unacceptable behavior. It's it's not the kind of thing that leaders do. They don't put that kind of information out. and... And in a preview of what will likely be haunting the president all the way to prison, Trump filed a Supreme Court request to prevent the release of his tax records. Two weeks ago, Eric sat for a deposition, I'm talking about Eric Trump, with the New York Attorney General's office. I knock on wood while I say this, but Donald Trump, his sons, and possibly Jared Kushner are all going to fucking prison.
1: Eric Trump has been questioned by, about rather, his family's finances. The son of President Trump gave a videotaped deposition yesterday. New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking information on whether the Trump organization lied about the value of the company's assets.
2: Reeking of desperation, or possibly because Trump's staffers needed to score some lewds the campaign trotted out disgraced former White House physician Ronnie Jackson to question the mental acuity of Joe Biden. Yup, Mr. Credibility himself. Dr. Feelgood never once mentioned Donald Trump in his ridiculous grasp for relevance. Keep in mind, Jackson was forced to resign. His bid to become the VA secretary after it was revealed that while serving as White House doctor and resident pusherman, He stockpiled and overprescribed the opioid, Percocet, and scores the prescription sleeping pills.
3: We've got some
0: breaking news on that story. We started with new and potentially damaging allegations against Ronnie Jackson. The White House physician nominated to lead the Department of Veterans Affairs provided a large supply of Percocet, a prescription opioid to a White House military office staff member. A nurse on his staff said Dr. Jackson had written himself prescriptions. The word is is that on overseas trips in particular uh, that uh, Admiral would go down the aisle way of the airplane and say alright who wants to go to sleep and hand out the prescriptions so drugs. So you like, like,
2: like an ambient type? Yeah
0: thing. that's exactly right. He hands out uh, prescriptions like candy in fact in the white house they call him the candy man
2: i don't have three hours to replay all the crazy shit donald trump has said over the past 72 hours but here's a few choice cuts from the week in review the nice part i went through it now they say i'm
0: immune i can feel i feel so powerful i'll walk into that audience i'll walk in there i'll kiss everyone in that audience i'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women and them Everybody, I'll just give you a big fat kiss. No, but there is something nice. I don't have to be locked up in my basement. You gotta get out and it's risky. It's risky, but you gotta get out. But it does give you a good, uh, a good feeling when you can beat something and now they say you're immune, I don't know for how long, some people say for life, some people say for four months.
2: As a quick aside, I wanna single out for a moment the fantastic Pete Buttigieg. He has quickly emerged as the Biden campaign secret weapon Watch how he absolutely eviscerates both Donald Trump and the moron from Fox News with such effortless aplomb. Mayor Pete's TV appearances have become appointment viewing for me.
1: Well, there's a classic parlor game of trying to find a little bit of daylight between running mates, and if people want to play that game, we could look into why an evangelical Christian like uh, Mike Pence wants to be on a ticket with a president caught with a porn star, or how he feels about the uh, uh, immigration policy that he called unconstitutional before he decided to team up with Donald Trump. If folks want to play that game, we, we could do it all night. Of course, the only reason we're here in the first place is that the president of the United States is still contagious as far as we know, right. uh, with a deadly, a deadly disease, which, which reflects the, right. uh, the overall problem. And, and uh, you know, I don't know why you would want to be in a room with other people if you were contagious with a deadly disease and you care about other sure. people, but maybe the president doesn't care about other people.
2: Now to the main event. My guest today on The Week in Review is the smash mouth Svengali of democratic politics, James Carville. The raging Cajun was kind enough to join us from his home in New Orleans. His message to me was clear as day. Donald Trump is about to lose the election in a humiliating landslide, and Trump knows he's gonna lose. His only hope of staying out of prison, Carville believes, is to force a pardon from Biden by causing enough chaos on election day. This is politics as blood sport, no holds barred, and Carville is aiming for the jugular. He's expecting the president to not just lose, but be humiliated before the nation. Finally, he wants Trump to be held accountable for his crimes. No pardons, no deals. Lock him the fuck up. Let's listen now to that conversation. So with COVID-19 racing through the upper echelon of the entire U.S. government, we've entered a very surreal moment for Washington politics. What do you make of the new breed of PACs like the Lincoln Project and Midas Touch who have taken a more aggressive approach kick them in the ball sort of approach to their messaging?
3: Well, first of all, I think 34 confirmed cases on just the White House campus, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, there are no cases in the entire country of New Zealand. Think about that for a second. Just one address is 34 cases. There's none in the entire country. So I think what I've seen, I've never seen anything like this in politics, and people are very despondent, depressed. It's a terrible time. I think Biden is going to win so big on election day that people are going to be even going to be astonished. And the Lincoln Project, the Bulwark, the all and never Trumpers, Bernie Sanders.
2: The American Bridge.
3: American Bridge, which I'm part of. I've never seen people come together and just don't care who gets the credit, just moving ahead and trying to restore sanity to the country. In many ways, it's a wonderful thing to be part of this. There's no backbiting. There's no stabbing each other in the back. Donors are just giving, I mean, the Democratic money is flowing in where people can't spend it fast enough.
2: But look, James, you've been involved in this sort of game a very long time, and you've seen it, as far as I could tell, you've seen it all. The style of advertising and the style of messaging by these super PACs as I said in the question, it's this kick them in the balls, no take, take no prisoner attitude. Have you ever seen anything like this before?
3: I mean, look, the, the, some of the stuff is really kick them in the balls, really hard hitting. American Bridge stuff is not. Ours is very soft. If we're trying to convert Trump voters. So our advertising is more actual people saying, you know, I voted for Trump in 2016, but I can't do it again because of X, Y, and Z. We're trying to create a permission structure. What the Lincoln Project and the Bulwark are trying to do is peel off more moderate style Republicans. So we're trying to convert Trump voters. They're trying to peel off these kind of suburban Republican voters, these kind of national security voters, kind of fiscal conservative, social liberal kind of people. So it's two different missions.
2: Or the people that we used to call the silent majority.
3: Yeah, but it, it, these are but not so much like the hard hats, but people like in, in Bergen County, New Jersey. All right, think more like that. That's who they're more going after. We're, we're going after people in western Pennsylvania and northern Wisconsin. The, the thing that I've never seen before is the amount of money that is being raised on the Democratic side. It is it is breathtaking from the Biden campaign down to. The Lincoln Project to American Bridge, you name anything. That People are just opening up their checkbooks like I've never seen before. And, it, it, and it's not so, so,
2: James, let, let me ask you this. We're seeing right now what looks like Nixonian final day behavior from Donald Trump as he's quarantined and locked himself up in the White House. Do you believe that President Trump knows that he's going to lose the election and he's worried now about going to prison?
3: You're a hundred percent right. And what he's trying to do is create, he knows he's going to lose. And without some kind of intervention, he is going to the penitentiary. And he is trying to create a a, a group that is just so fanatical that Andrew Cuomo and an next president are going to say, it's not worth it. Let him go to Mar-a-Lago and set up his Trump TV or whatever he wants to do. He's totally knows he's not going to win. He knows that the Manhattan D.A. and the New York AG have got him. And he also knows that there's sufficient evidence from the Mueller report. People forget this. That's almost a slam dunk case for obstruction, just in the evidence that, that Robert Mueller put together. You're a good lawyer. You know that. I mean, obstruction is a, is a very, very, very serious crime. So uh, there are well-known people who cover him that whose names I won't say. That totally agree with this. He is he is trying to build up to if you say you indict me that there's going to be a militias going to come out. We're going to have civil unrest in this country. Don't do this. Let me go to Mar-a-Lago and do a talk radio show, a television network. But he he knows he's going to lose And the the combination of him being unstable to start with, and then the steroids he's taking. And I know guys that that take this, a friend of mine at Bridge had, unfortunately, had colon cancer. Fortunately, he's doing quite well now. He had to take this stuff during chemo. He says the most never been so affected by a drug in his life. So you have all of that and the pressure coming from everywhere. And now these Senate Republicans are starting to abandon him. You got Mitch McConnell attacking him. You got John Cronin attacking him. You got Martha McSally. But the big story is is how how these Republicans are the. They got, they got a whole rat lifeboat that is pulling aside this ship for them to jump off on. I really do. But you're, you're right. He is scared to death of going to, to the penitentiary. And that's exactly where he's going to go without some intervention.
2: But you said something in early July. You said that there was a greater chance that Donald Trump would drop out of the race rather than lose the election. Nobody knows Washington like you. What are you hearing from other campaign pros about what Trump is weighing right now in his mind?
3: Well, right. There's the the real campaign pros like Charlie Cook, all right, who completely agrees with me. Then you got the kind of new breed that are just sort of traumatized by 2016, and they go, James, don't say that. If, if you say that, that, that no, no, no. That, that, you know, our people just get cocky. They won't vote. No, no. Our people are, are thrilled at the prospect of humiliating this guy. Don't worry about it. An army that is marching and winning is an army with high morale. An army that is retreating and losing has low morale. And what we got to do for these next three weeks is just push this as hard as we can. He is a loser. He's going to lose. And part of his image with his voters is he's strong. He he, he owns the libs, and right now that's not happening. The libs are owning him, and that causes his people to be more and more demoralized. This is a psychological psychops warfare we're we engaged in now. Huh.
2: If if you would, James, give us a preview of election night. Will it be a close election that leads to the courts having to decide, or will? In your opinion, it will be a landslide for Biden. What does the map look like this time around? Because remember, in 2016, and I was there throughout the whole thing, in 2016, they got it all wrong. I watched these guys on the, let's just call it the left media, that they sat there with their smart board. That may have been the stupidest smart board I've ever seen because they didn't hit any of the points properly. In your professional opinion, what do you think is going to happen this time around?
3: All right, I'll tell you exactly what I think. I think there's a lot of people saying, well, it'd be close, and we're not going to know for weeks because they count the absentees in Pennsylvania after this. I think it's going to be a landslide, and I think we're going to know by 10 o'clock election night. I have dashboard counties that I'm going to look at. Uh, New Hanover in North Carolina, which is where Wilmington is, that the Democrats generally lose by you know, fifty-four, forty-six, kind of thing. I, I know if, if Biden carries New Hanover, he's going to carry North Carolina, he's going to win the election. Gwinnett in Georgia, which is probably the fastest changing county in the United States, is suburban Atlanta. If Biden gets over 60 in Gwinnett, he's going to carry Georgia. And I'm going to know that early. Take Seminole County in Florida, which is kind of suburban Orlando, very fast changing county. If, or Duval, which is Jacksonville, or Pinellas, which is Saint Petersburg. I, I'll look at those. If if he if he carries Duval or he carries Seminole, he's going to win Florida. And then I'm going to look at Miami Dade. And if he comes out of Miami Dade, but anything above, and he will, I, I hope, a three hundred fifty thousand vote margin. I know Florida's up. Well, if you carry Florida, or you carry Georgia, or you carry North Carolina, nothing else matters. You're going to win. And he's going to, and he's going to carry at a minimum, one of those states, probably all three. And we will know that early.
2: I still think the second that the very first vote is cast on election night, Donald Trump is claiming victory, very much as he's already done on his Twitter when it came to the vice presidential debate. He declared victory before the thing was even over. And then he's going to use the bill bars. He's going to use his, and this is his perception that he's already stacked the Supreme Court, we're going to go back to a Bush Gore type scenario. He's going to bring the Supreme Court in and he's going to fight because he's now fighting for his life. He's going to fight like a dog in order to keep the power.
3: Right. It, it, look, I have an expression I tell Democrats we got to win by more than five, and that's no jive. <laughs> All right. There's a point at which it doesn't matter that Amy COVID Barrett can't do anything about it. There's a point at which Bill Barr can't do anything about, it. and that point is a win in the popular vote by five points or more, of which Joe Biden is going to do easily. And th- th- there's so much you can do when it, when, when he carries Florida, it, the entire country is going to know it's over. And you you, you can they can they steal elections all the time. They stole election for Mal Gore just right under your nose, and they said this opinion means nothing but for right now. And they're trying to steal elections left and right. This is going to be so big. You know, they said of Mike Tyson once, he hits you so hard he changes the way you taste. America is not going to taste the same after November 3rd. You're going to have a different taste in your mouth.
2: Well, I want to bring you back to in June, you wrote really an incredible piece of fantasy theater for, I think it was called The Bulwark, that imagined Trump's announcement of his withdrawal from the 2020 campaign. And part of that article, you foresaw... Brad Pascal's departure from the campaign as well, instead of being fired, you have him fleeing the country for, um, for his own private island that you think he bought from Jeffrey Epstein. Now with Pascal, did you actually know something the rest of us didn't know? And we, you know, where there's smoke, there's going to be a huge, um, ass fire, as they say. Did you know something?
3: Well, I knew that he had a Ferrari and a and a yacht and a condo on the waterfront in Fort Lauderdale and he and I know and I also know based on things you've told me and I've observed is Trump hates the idea of people making money off of it. You know, any more than they have to. Hates it. Hates so, it. Hates it. So I was trying out that was a message for Trump. Everybody's stealing from you. Be very paranoid. I mean, that's exactly what what I was doing. And now I'm told there's a huge investigation, they, and he's paid off the family. When when we unpack this, and you know this is going to be the case, the family has stolen everything they can from the campaign. They're all paying themselves. They're all paying, you know, for, for stuff at Mar-a-Lago, at Bedminster. That's why he went and infected all those people in New Jersey. He wanted the money. He wanted the money. They're overcharging. Well,
2: also, not only – right, but not only are they paying themselves – when people leave for whatever the purpose might be, and we talked about this on one of my previous um, podcast episodes with Omarosa, Laura Trump came there and offered her $180,000 a year, $15,000 a month to keep her mouth closed. Now, do you know how many people are part of that RNC group? It is, it's disgraceful. What they're doing is they're using the RNC as a slush fund in order to keep people quiet, in order to make sure that none of the shady shit that they do ends up getting revealed to the American people. I mean, I think Laura Trump is a disgrace. I think Ron uh, Romney McDaniel is a goddamn disgrace. I've seen the Sean Spicer's an asshole. I've seen Rancid Penis, Ryan's Priebus, as a complete piece of shit. And I just sit there and I watch as they've tried to pay off everybody everybody to keep their mouth shut.
3: Yes. The whole thing is a giant. And who are the stupid people that give them money? Bernie Marcus might be the dumbest man in America. They, 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 these donors are giving, Sheldon Adelson caught on to it. He did not given money anymore.
2: Sheldon Adelson's a smart man, right? He never really gave money, at least not in comparison to what he gives right. to the Trump or to the because RNC. They- he gave money in order to move the embassy. That's all, Sheldon Adelson. The entire movement of the embassy in Israel.
3: Some of these people gave him money. They're, the Trump mega donors are the stupidest people in America.
2: Look, I was part of that. I helped to raise 140 million the first year out, and boy, what a what what a stupid move that I made. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you. They
3: stole it all. And by the way, the Manhattan DA, the, the the new, you know, United States attorney for the District of Columbia you know, Northern Virginia, they're going to know that. They're all going to jail, Michael.
2: Let me ask you this for a second, because you've been like me, but for a much longer, longer period of time, you've been very critical in the past of Trump's campaign staff, saying that they've been fleecing him and the campaign and that they're basically a pack of grifters. Now, beyond Brad Parscale, are there others in his campaign who you think have sticky fingers?
3: Yeah, they all do. Why would you work for him? It's like if you, the minute you work there, you know that. The minute you work there, you've compromised yourself. I think that, but honestly, I'll tell you, the, the one, maybe not, is this Bill Stepien guy, the Chris Christie guy. Maybe he thought it was all in legit. Well, he knows a lot better now. I won't say anything. But every vendor for that campaign is stealing everything. Because once... Once it becomes a grift and you're saying, well, look, they're stealing all the money. I got to get on the deal myself. And now they all know they're going to lose and they have no money left. they have stole it all. He can't go on TV. It is coming to a crashing, colossal implosion. Like you can't imagine. You just can't imagine. Even you.
2: I mean, my favorite line, watching Trump on television, saying that he's very rich He's going to put in a hundred plus million dollars of his own money. What a bunch of bullshit. First of all, he's not liquid. And if in fact that he ends up with a tax violation between the tax that he would owe, the penalties and interest, which is equal to a hundred percent, if not more, based upon the time period, he, he's going to have to start selling his assets and he's going to end up with nothing. Now he may end up with a book deal when he gets out, like most presidents do. He may end up with a television show um, with his sycophantic lunatics. But I'm not so sure I'm not so sure that he has the ability to put even a million dollars of his own money in right now.
3: Every piece of money he has is gonna go to lawyers. You understand? The legal fees that he is going they're not gonna give a- he's not gonna be able to take the money out of the campaign to pay the lawyers. Not gonna be able to take the money out of RNC to pay. Do you
2: know how much money that the RNC has paid for everybody's lawyers, especially the family, Don Jr.'s, Eric's? They've spent millions. And I'm I'm with you on this one. What kind of a fool gives Donald Trump the alleged $10 billion man money to pay his legal fee? I mean, the guy owes me over $3 million in legal fees. I'm in litigation with him. And by the way, Donald, if you listen to this, I kicked your ass the last time, thanks to my thanks to my lawyers, the Gilbert firm. We kicked your ass. And I'm going to depose Don, and we're going to depose Eric Trump, and we're going to depose Alan Weisselberg, and Alan Garten, and the rest of these assholes in your organization. It's amazing. Not only did you screw every single law firm in this country, so how are you going to find a lawyer to represent you, I don't really know, but... You did it to me too. It's its amazing. The man is a one-way kind of a guy, and you know exactly what he's going to do in advance because history in Donald Trump's world repeats itself.
3: Okay, I, I completely—you and I completely agree. He's not—he—he he is going to spend. And by the way, no lawyer is going to represent him without upfront money. <laughs> Let me tell you.
2: But how much money can he possibly give them? They know that this is a multi-year. This is a multi-legal team sort of event it's going to be into the tens of millions of dollars and he won't spend it he will not spend it because he doesn't have it,
3: it, it okay how good his lawyers are he's going to the penitentiary right some people are just so guilty it doesn't matter <laughs> okay so we need to get over it
2: listen i'm over it i've been there and i'd like him to understand just how destructive it is to a person's
3: core when i talk to other people they don't understand it you board anybody i've talked to completely understand that this entire thing is nothing but a but a grift they're all stealing from each other. It just they're just all wrong. Yes. it's just it's in it, it, you know, it's Eric and Laura and uh, with it and
2: Don and, and Kimberly Guilfoyle and, and, and all of them. What about Jared? Well, well let how me much ask do you but the the worst the worst grifter of them all. Right. If if Biden wins the election, do you think that he's gonna move quickly to lock Trump up? Because there's scores of pending litigation, as we just talked about, already going on, like the SDNY, the New York DA.
3: Right.
2: How soon do you think it happens? Because I I know that people want satisfaction. Right. F- and they're not going to accept you know, a, a pardon in order to heal this nation. That's my opinion. If Biden wins the election, do you think in your professional opinion that he's going to move quickly to lock Trump up? Because... There's, as we talked about, scores of pending litigation already going on from the SDNY, the New York DA, and I'm involved in both of those. How soon do you think it begins after Biden wins? Because my opinion is that people want satisfaction. And in your opinion, do you think that they would accept a Gerald Ford style pardon in order to heal the nation?
3: No. I mean, I, the only thing that I would nothing Joe Biden could say where I wouldn't vote for him. All right. But if he said we need to go beyond this and look forward and not backwards, I would be demoralized. I would be totally demoralized because the level of criminality that has taken place and is currently taking place is inexcusable. And and, and what Trump is trying to do, I've, I've seen pieces written about this, The country we we have so much to do. We have so much to deal with. We don't need to relive this era we should just let him go, and he's been defeated and humiliated. No. No.
2: I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Because I'm not so sure you were emphatic
3: enough. Okay. Fuck no. Okay? I don't know what else to say. If you do not, if there is not an accounting for this, then how do you raise children and you say you got to play by the rules? How do you do this? The magnitude and the gravity of the in number of these crimes are so profound that there has to be an accounting. Now, I, 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 in Biden needs to appoint, I want to appoint Elizabeth Warren for attorney general because she would stop at nothing to lock him up. That probably won't do that. But whoever I appoint attorney general, I said, look, I got a lot of work to do, madam or Mr. Attorney General. But I I want a full accounting for this and, and come back and report to me in a month.
2: Well, don't forget, Donald is not the only one that should be locked up. I still can't understand why that there's not a significant investigation going against Bill Barr. Bill Barr doesn't want to go to prison. Bill Barr's already destroyed his reputation and his honor. But he doesn't want to go to prison. Look at what they did to me. And how is it that... The intentional and the retaliatory actions that Bill Barr did to remand me back to prison because I refused to sign over my First Amendment constitutional rights and not publish my book sent me back to solitary confinement for 15, 16 more days. How come nobody's p- calling for an investigation? How come that he gets to... I want to see when this is all over, when Biden becomes president, the attorney general, bring it against all of them, from Kushner to Ivanka to Don Jr. to Eric to Laura to the whole fucking clan of, of, of animals, because they deserve it. And the American people really, truly deserves to know what went on in my case, what's going on with uh, Reality Winner, who was that the whistleblower. Uh, with, the Russian, with the Russian collusion trying to hack into our voting system. I mean, this has, this has to stop. And the fact is, he did it again last night. There's a big New York Times article about this. There, he wants Bill Barr to indict and arrest and incarcerate anybody that he determines to be a political opponent.
3: So, so first of all, uh, understand how you feel about this, what you're going through personally, let's step back. Do you know how detested Bill Barr is among career justice employees? Do you not think that they're all taking notes? Do you not think that they're going to come forward with with stories of, of Bill Barr abusing power? Of course they are. Of course they are. It's going to happen. Now, Trump said he wants Barr to jail Obama. You see, but you hear that. You, you're, this is an outrage. This is someone who is. This is a dictator who wants to jail his opponents. When I hear that, I say I'm not too worried about get out the vote effort for Democrats in Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and places like that. <laughs> because if you want to get if you want to <laughs> get the, the black vote out in the country, go say that it, elect me, and I'll I'll jail. Barack Obama. That is the greatest turnout generator that you can imagine. They don't even need any. They don't need street money or anything like that. They're coming out like crazy. And he's too stupid politically to understand what he's doing because he's he's, he's losing it. He's a guy that knows he's going to lose. He knows he's going to jail. He's on very potent, mind-altering drugs. And what you see in is the result of that.
2: But when I go back into what Bill Barr is doing, and when we talk about Trump is dictating to him, even in his mob-style way of doing it that I talk about a lot in my book, Disloyal, you said recently on Twitter that you think he's looking for some kind of leverage over Governor Cuomo to force a pardon, a New York State pardon. Correct. What is he doing? He's trying to stay out of jail. But that's only New York. Don't forget, there's this fifty, this fifty other states here.
3: Everything, Florida. I, again, he's not gonna. It's not gonna work. No one is gonna pardon him. It's almost a to certainty that. If I, and people said when he got sick, I'm like, I don't. I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to die. And I really want him to be alive because I want to watch him handcuffed and be remanded to the custody of the U.S. Marshals or whoever, the New York State Police. Because that's what's going to happen. Please, please take care of yourself. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to get sick. I just want you in the penitentiary. That's my view.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well, Bill Barr, who I've termed as Trump's chunky Roy Cohn, he's really been fairly muted during the last crisis. And that usually means in Trump world that he's up to something. When you're quiet, it means that there's something going on behind the closed doors. Is Bill Barr laying some type of a groundwork for some kind of late October surprise to help Trump, to help his boss?
3: I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is, and I'm sure it won't work.
2: And why are you so sure of that?
3: Because, first of all, so many people are voting already. (laughs) Secondly, people are not going to change their mind about Trump. And anything that Bill Barr does will only Agitate them more. Nobody, I, I wouldn't trust Bill Barr any further than I could throw him. And I promise you, I couldn't throw him a centimeter. All right. and But but everybody else in the country has the same view. It, it's just, it, it is a burning, sinking ship. And there's nothing that's going to save it. They're going to lose and they're going to lose big. And, and, all, and we got to get over the, the neurosis of 2016. We got to get over all that and just get as many people as you can to vote where there's no doubt about the result of this election. And I think that's going to happen. Or they would steal it. If they got anywhere close to it, oh, would well, they steal it in a second? Well,
2: you do know he's already beginning to set the parameters and the groundwork for that. Plus, yes. I mean, that's all he talks about. If he If he loses, it's based upon voter fraud. And unless he wins... That there's going to be Michael, a constitutional challenge. There's going to be litigation filed. He's
3: going to say, it's all, I'm not leaving. It was fraud. It was blah, blah, blah. And then the public will is so exhausted. This is his hope. Is so exhausted with the whole thing. They say, you know, go there and tell him if he leaves, he can go to Mar-a-Lago and lead the rest of his life in peace. That is what he's trying to do. That is his entire strategy. His entire strategy is that to make people so sick of him that they will do anything, including giving him pardons or have agreements not to prosecute so he can live the rest of his days out in some kind of peace. That's all that they're doing. That's all they do it. That's his entire strategy. They all know they're going down. Jared knows that. Are you kidding me? Jared and Jared knows he's done unless he get unless they can walk out with some kind of deal. The only way they're going to get they think they're going to get a deal is by causing such a ruckus. Such a ruckus that people are so exhausted and say I'll just do anything for this to end. And that's the thing that I'm—that's my wife's mission, is saying, no, no, he's got to be held accountable.
2: Yeah, all of them have to be held accountable for their own dirty deeds. But let's shift for a moment and talk about Mike Pence. At what point do you think that he walks away from Donald Trump and in this campaign to save himself for 2024? Because, in my opinion, he seemed to be trying to differentiate himself from the president— um, if not in substance, then in tone and presentation during the debate. And I say that because the fact that he celebrated the historic nature of Kamala Harris's nomination seemed to, to me to be almost shocking after watching the president at the last week's debate.
3: Okay, let's talk about a vice president debate. That was the first event of the 2024 election. All right, Michael Pence is not going to be the Republican nominee in twenty twenty four, because he suffered the worst thing that could ever happen to a Trump Republican. He was beat by a black woman. They're done with him. That that but 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 that's what he, that's what he was doing. This this is Mike Pence knows this thing is gone, and he he you know he, he thinks that Biden will third one term which is a logical belief that people have in that he was going to run for the republican nomination 2024. they're not going to vote for him because in their minds if a woman particularly black woman beats you in a debate then you you, you can't do it so in he's not kind of a republicans that say we need to redo the party you know the, the the Marco Rubio types and whatever they are they're not they don't like Pence. And the, the really right wing people, are Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley and these crazy people, they, they don't they don't trust Pence. It, you, you know he was he was just there. He was like a a piece of furniture to them. There's no chance that he is going to be the Republican nominee in 2024. I for, as a person, I have met him three or four times. I've had him on, just do crossfire, come on a show. He's a pleasant enough man in 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 person, but. That's not going to be what the Republican Party is looking for.
2: It almost seems as though everybody should walk away. I mean, the the thing that drives me crazy is when I see someone like Marco Rubio, who we were so terrible to during the the 2016 campaign, and Trump was so cruel to him, and all he tried to do was to get— is to get back at at Donald in one way, shape, or form. And yet now you see him and others coming out to try to protect Trump when, as far as I'm concerned, he's now destroyed. And he was a good possibility for the Republican Party. Young, intelligent, you know, um, very active. I don't think he has a shot even to keep his own seat.
3: Look, listen to me. Calm down. So, Ted Cruz, he... he Trump talks about his wife being ugly, he talks about his daddy killed JFK, all right? And so Ted Cruz loses, and then he pathetically, like, sucks up to Trump. Now, um, so as we were talking, a friend of mine texted me something from the CNBC website. Ted Cruz warns of election, quote, could be bloodbath of Watergate proportions for G- GOP. Ted Cruz is leaving He's gone, Ted Cruz, who was forced after being humiliated by Donald Trump to get on his hands and knees and crawl and beg for forgiveness of a, a weaker man you couldn't imagine. And now he say he sees he sees the handwriting on the wall. He said we're going to get a bloodbath. And he says he's blaming Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer for holding up the stimulus package. They didn't hold anything up. They've already proposed one. But it doesn't matter. Ted Cruz, they'll leave. Marco Rubio is not even going to know. He, you will not know he have a new Donald Trump. You know why? He's up in 2022. That's why. He's going to get, he is going to get his ass beat in Florida. Unless he, unless he gets, he changes and changes that. Marco Rubio knows that.
2: But even if they change, everybody smells the desperation, and they and they smell the fear that they have of losing their 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 position, their position of power, their office, because this is all all of the ass kissing is all about keeping control of their office. That's all that it's about. It's not about taking care of the people. It's not about what's doing right. It's all kissing Donald's fat ass so that they can keep their position. Let's shift gears again. Let's not talk about Mitch McConnell and the Senate. At what point does Mitch McConnell, I mean, I I don't understand. Mitch McConnell, for God's sakes, and other senators, when do they start to walk away? You didn't
3: read the news on Mitch McConnell? Where have you been? He said he, didn't, he hadn't been to the White House because they don't follow protocols. It's too dangerous. Mitch McConnell said that yesterday. Mitch McConnell knows. They all know. John Cronin knows. Martha McSally knows. They're all jumping. It's going on right now when you're talking Ted Cruz. When people keep saying, when are they going to see it? They're seeing it right in front of your eyes. He's being abandoned. This thing is over. He is going to lose and lose big. And all of the Republicans are running away from him. They're just trying to do anything they can to get distance from him. And he is standing, he's standing broke, naked, and alone.
2: Why not come out with a more affirmative statement that I can no longer? Accept Donald Trump. I can no longer accept what he's doing to America. I can no longer accept the divisiveness, the hatred, the vitriol. I, I can no longer accept it. And therefore, I'm not going to the White House, not because Donald has COVID, because I can't stand him. Why not say something affirmative? So, said that.
3: He said, I have well, Homo, no Homo, you see,
2: to that's, that, that's, Trump, well, that's us interpreting. Listen. Why do we have to interpret? It's my question. We don't have to interpret. Come out and say it.
3: They can't because they, for the longest time, if they broke off, all of these crazy Trump voters would not vote for his Senate candidates. It has gotten so bad that he, he didn't say because Trump currently, he hadn't gone there since August because they don't wear masks and they don't follow Senate protocols. Right? I mean that's a pretty significant statement that McConnell's given because all of the republicans are calling him saying I'm getting Joni Ernst to get, get her ass beat in Iowa and she's calling Mitch and crying and you got to do something. All right it's not even only like 12% of America think that wearing masks are a bad idea. This is like a 75% issue. And and McConnell knows that. Rubio knows that. Right, Pat Toomey is not even running for re-election. They're going to beat Rob Portman in Ohio. They're going to beat bron Johnson so bad in Wisconsin, and he, he, he'll lose so bad he's going to drown himself in Lake Michigan. I, I mean, it's all coming. Get over it. it he is going to be repudiated. You're going to be a hero. All right, it's happening right in front of your eyes. And he, now the Republicans are starting to jump. You would not believe. The Republicans that text me that were mad that Biden took his negatives down. All right. The people can come up to me. I, I mean, real Republicans. They, they know that he's brought them all down. It's going down. Down, down, down.
2: So let me ask you this then. I'm curious. What happens in a post-Trump universe? There'll be a lot of talk about um, Republic reformation but the Donald Trump wing of the party will remain a power faction for some time who will claim the mantle for Donald Trump and how does the republican party end up healing itself
3: i i you know i've, I've thought about that i've talked to people about it you talk to five people you get five different opinions the sort of ethno nationalism the 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 kind of stephen miller stuff you know look wait we haven't even talked about it steve bannon all right he he's gonna give up trump because you know the way it works is better than anybody they're gonna say there's there's only one person that you can do to get out of the jam yet and, we, and we're not interested you, you're, you're part you're at the top of this conspiracy you got to lead us to another what's going to happen with him I, I mean he is he is in grave legal jeopardy
2: no i think the one that's in the worst legal jeopardy is brad parscale because he encompasses so much from 2016 all the way through 2020, tried, which is why himself. he tried to
3: yeah, he tried to kill yeah, take his
2: yeah. take his own life. Yeah,
3: of course. All that the new attorney general is going to want from Brad Parsell is there's there's only one there's only one dime you can drop, and if you don't have that, you're looking at eight to ten years. If you have the dime and you drop it, you're looking for six months to a year. Make your choice. Same thing happened with Bannon. It's all all of them, and, and they've started charging people yet. They'll make Don Jr. turn on him. They're gonna squeeze their ass like, like you, only you could know what they're getting ready to do. And they're coming, and, and it's not just it's not just the federal government. It's every local entity is. Everybody, every prosecutor in the country that wants to make his make his name knows the quickest way to do it. We can't imagine the legal jeopardy that these people are in. The political jeopardy is over. They're done. They're washed up. They're skid mark right now.
2: So I want to ask you, I had a thought that just came to my mind. Hillary Clinton lost the white working class vote when she made that comment, that deplorables comment. What do you think that Joe Biden has done differently to get them back and— How well does he do in the upcoming election that ended up flipping to Trump in 2016?
3: Well, as you know, at Bridge, we're totally focused on that. We're we're spending $80 million in 77 counties in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Uh, Biden will run 15, 20 points ahead of Hillary. And and a Biden campaign has been good. uh, But the, the main thing that's driving him away is Trump. He's driving him away. I mean, they, they thought they'd made a rational decision in 2016. And by the droves, they, they realized it was just a terrible decision, and they're going to vote him out. And he is not going to do near as well as people think he will in Western Pennsylvania, Northern Wisconsin, places like that. That they, They've done with him. And at a point, people just, and you, you can't call, it's, you know, the Democrats wanted to call these people stupid. You can't do that. You say, look, you made a decision, you know, Like all of us, you made a mistake. Now's the time to correct it, and they're going to correct it.
2: So, okay, we acknowledge we made a mistake. The American people should acknowledge that we made a mistake. They are. After Trump leaves office, I can see the system building all sorts of new safeguards into itself to prevent another Donald Trump from happening um, in the future. Similar kind of to the reforms that hit Washington in the wake of Watergate, what do you see happening post-Trump?
3: Oh, I, first of all, I see hundreds of millions of dollars legal fees. I see multiple people going to jail. I see the Republican Party having an a unbelievable rift, uh, trying to re, reconstitute itself on some kind of a different line. I see the Democratic coalition that's built up for this election fragmenting. We just we just got too many people, too many different people in the coalition right now, and it's okay. We're going to lose some, and I I, I, I don't know. I one of the great mysteries and interesting things that's going to happen is where's the Republican Party going to be a year from now? It's certainly not going to be where it is now because it's going to be defeated. And you know, I watch a lot of these documentaries of war, documentaries and shit. And I was looking at one at Stalingrad and I was looking at these German soldiers, Nazis, whatever, in like January of 1943. And they were beaten, they were starving, they were freezing, and they had this this vacant, defeated look on their face. That is what you're going to see election night. You're going to see what a beaten army looks like.
2: Right, but Jim, what I'm really trying to find out from you, Trump doesn't want to be president. He wants to be an autocrat. He wants to be a king. He wants to be a a, a monarch. What What sort of things can Washington do? What can we do in order to prevent this sort of crazy individual who has aspirations far greater for our democracy than to hold the office of the presidency? He wants to be the ruler. What kind of things can be done in Washington to prevent another Donald Trump-type narcissistic sociopath
3: from trying to, to accomplish this? going to beat him.
2: My question to you is what happens with the
3: next guy? What kind of things can they do? There's not going to be a next guy. He is going to be beat so bad that no one is going to want to take this up again. You gotta, He is going to look so different. On November fourth, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. And and everybody is going to trash him. He he didn't he does not have any friends now, but people have some fear of him. It's all going out. It's going out as you look. McConnell's not scared of him. Chrome not scared of him. Moth McSally's not scared of him. Everybody started jump ship. Get over it. He's done.
2: Okay. Listen, I, I'm I'm all in. Who do you think of the president's men in Congress? That will ultimately have to answer for their sycophantic behavior and their and their sycophancy for him.
3: He, he, look, the, everybody that runs in 2024, 2026, they're gonna be running against the Democratic Party. Look, the Republicans ran against Jimmy Carter, they'll run against him in 1992, who was an honest president. The Democrats are gonna be running against Donald Trump in the next decade. They're going to be running against Trump in, 19, in 2032. They're going to say, well, you were, you, you, know, you were a young person in Congress. You voted for Trump 94% of the time. He is going to be, It's going the beating he's going to get, the magnitude, just wait till you see. You have one vision of Donald Trump. The vision that you're going to have of him a month from now is going to be nothing like the vision you used to have.
2: What you're really saying is that the stink of Donald Trump will last a long, long time.
3: Oh, you, the stench, will you, you're not, you know, when you get a down here in a hurricane, the one thing you got to do is you, if you lose electricity, you have to empty your freezer because when it goes bad, you you have to throw the refrigerator away. You cannot get the stench out of the refrigerator. They're going to, with Donald Trump, they, 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 they can't get the stench away. The stench is just going to be there forever forever. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be so much worse than the stench of Nixon. It's going to be awful. It became, and we're just going to, and we're going to find out so much, the historians, the, the lawyers, the prosecutors, the everything that's going to unearth earth, everything that he does is corrupt and crooked. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to know so much more about him a year from now, 10 years from now, The number of books that's going to be written on this are are going to be staggering. You just can't imagine what's coming up. You just can't imagine.
2: Well, Jim, let me switch switch once again. And let me ask you about Mark Meadows. What do you make of Mark Meadows' weird behind-the-scenes machinations on Saturday in trying to anonymous source that Trump was sicker than the hospital was letting on? I mean, what do you think was going on there?
3: I think that place is such a horrible environment. I think Meadows is having a nervous breakdown. I would, if I were him, I would be having one also. I, I, I think it's, it's that simple. And I think the guy is a human being and he sees everybody around him as getting sick and testing positive. He can't find anybody to go to work. And it's his way of like getting back at Trump at some kind of way. He's, Wait, I, the
2: guy takes the role of chief of staff, and he wants to get back at the guy that made him chief of staff. Yeah,
3: yeah of course. He, did, he he thought, you know, he's a kind of a not a particularly bright guy, but you know, he's one of these what do you called movement conservatives or something like that. He actually believed all that shit.
2: Look, I think he. I personally, I think he's an asshole. I mean, when I was there testifying before the House Oversight Committee, he paraded a friend of mine, a black girl named Lynn Patton, who's now working at HUD under Trump, uh, who I brought to the Trump organization. He paraded her out as a prop, as a black prop, in order to turn around and to refute my allegations that Trump is a racist. And by God. He is a racist, and anybody that doesn't believe that has something seriously wrong with them. The man's a fucking racist to the core.
3: I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm just saying he's having a nervous breakdown. You know, even even, even crappy people, you know, have nervous breakdowns. Trump's having one right in front of you.
2: I've heard from more than a few people that Mark Meadows thinks of himself as this master political operator— Playing some kind of a three-dimensional chess uh, game against his opponents. What's your take? Is Meadows the real deal, or is he another? Is he just like some another Trump helper monkey?
3: Everybody that knows this guy says the same thing. He's, he he thinks he's smart, and he's really stupid. And I think that's the right analysis of Mark Meadows. He's, he's like there's nothing. That is more fun to watch than a fool that doesn't know they're a fool. You know? And that's, that's what he is. And he's gone down with the rest of them. He's, he's Again, he's a child's stain of history.
2: What do you think, then, of the Jim Jordans of the world? Because Jim Jordan acts like a bigger fool than even Mark Meadows.
3: I mean, he needs to go back with that doctor at Ohio State wrestling team. I mean, Jim Jordan is a liar of the first order.
2: Yeah, you don't think anybody at the, at that wrestling team is going to take him back um, either, do you? No,
3: no, no. He's he he just a fool that made a bad bet.
2: Well, let me finish up by asking you a question about the future. Do you see any of the Trump children staying in politics after November? Do you think that Don Jr. will pick up the far right, that QAnon weirdo group? Or do you think that Ivanka and Jared attempt to somehow force themselves upon the new Post Donald Trump Republican Party, what do you think happens with the Trump kids?
3: I, I, well, I, I, first of all, Don Jr. and Eric don't don't try to attach himself to the Ku militia movement or something. That's the only place to go. They're the only people that have them, they got nowhere else to go. All right, Jared and Ivanka, they actually are so. They actually had this view in that America really wanted royalty and that Ivanka was going to be the version of the queen. I really, I really no, It's true. I mean, people that know them tell you this. They have a very exalted view of themselves. And they would like push these stories out that they were the moderating force in the White House and that they got them to change prison reform of, you know, shit. All right. I mean, and Jared is so much more clever. Smarter and devious than the Hude and say, or whatever those two kids he got are, he is going to try to do some kind of a double flanking maneuver that is not going to work. He's probably going to go to the penitentiary too, because he's just he, his he just the, the level of corruptness is just everywhere. But they're, they're, they're two different sets. That Jared Navarka viewed themselves as something else and. Don Jr. and Eric, yeah, they'll they'll become part of the white nationalist movement and they'll be trying to stay out of jail. And there's the only people to have them. No one, no Republican is gonna ask Don Jr. to come speak for them in 2022. But they'll try to build up a following with that ethno right. They might they might move to some place in Idaho before this is over with.
2: Because there's a lot of rumor. There was a lot of rumor um in the circle that Don Jr wanted to run against Andrew Cuomo for for governor I mean I'm sure I'm sure Cuomo would be thrilled for something like that to happen but there was a lot of rumor about that circulating uh the streets he's of Manhattan.
3: he could win an election in New York State he's really stupid he's uh, it, so stupid you can't even believe it it's gonna, well, Michael James Car- this nightmare <laughs> is going to be over trust me it's gonna you be-
2: I look forward to that and I look forward to some of the people who have been so complicit with Trump as I once was and have documents and documentary evidence that will show the vast corruption that has taken place over the past four years and the behavior of Trump and these sycophants in terms of destroying so many people's lives, myself included. Um, reality Winner, and so many other people. I really look forward to that information coming out and being able to clear the air and that people should really know the truth. James Carville, I can't thank you enough for your you time. Will, you uh, will you know are... the
3: truth, and the truth shall set you free. It is coming. Well, I, I promise you. Well,
2: well, I, I look forward to that day, yeah. and I thank you so much for your I, time I, again. Take
3: care. Good luck to you.
2: you be well. Have a great yeah. one. I want to wrap things up today by urging all of you to check out a special episode of Maya Culpa that we're dropping this coming Friday. Maya Culpa Investigates will take a deep dive down the rabbit hole of domestic extremism in the age of Trump. The thwarted plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer revealed a rat's nest of armed militia groups operating in plain sight. We'll show you how Trump not only stoked the fire with these groups, but cultivated them as his own MAGA army. Check it out this coming Friday on Maya Culpa. And thanks for listening. Maya Culpa is brought to you by LSJ Media and Audio Up, in association with Midas Touch. And it's hosted by me, Michael Cohen, produced by Audio Up by Jimmy Jelnick and executive producer Jared Gustad. And it's edited by Tyler Dawson please register to vote I'll do my part on this podcast but to truly make a difference you must vote this man out of office so if you're not registered go do it now and come out and make sure that you vote on November 3rd this is my mayor go back oh baby don't lie
3: for me if I tell you my story don't cry
1: Staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $899. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com.